Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Erev Tov, everybody. Glad you can join us again this evening for another special edition of our Back to Basics Shi'ur where we study Tanakh and Shulchan Aruch 30 minutes each in an effort just to get back to basics. That's what it's all about. Uh, we find ourselves in the midst of Perik Gimel, of Sefer Bereshit, Parashat Bereshit, actually in the middle of the infamous story with the Nahash, with the snake. We are in Perik Gimel, Pasuk Zayn. Well, welcome everybody that's here live, everybody that's listening live, and those that are listening on the podcast, on the recording, Finding Holiness, I'm glad you can join us, and uh, feel free to spread, share the wealth, share all the wonderful things that we post and we publish, and to your friends, family, and of course, um, anyone you know that you think that can benefit. We are on Perik Gimel, Pasuk, Zayn. For those listening live, there is a link on the chat where you can find the spot. So we are in the middle of the story, as I mentioned, the story of the Nahash. So they ate from the tree. They don't really know what's going on. And uh, all of a sudden, something changes. Their eyes opened, both of their eyes, of both people. And they knew that they were naked. They sewed a fig leaf, or fig leaves together, and they made for themselves girdles. And they heard the voice of Hashem, God, travel through the Gan, to the direction of the sun. Adam and his wife hid from God, within the, amongst the trees of the Gan. God called out to Adam, and he told him, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the Gan, and I feared, because I am naked, so I hid. God said, Who told you that you are naked? Did you eat from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? God said, A man said, The woman who you gave me, She's the one that gave me from the tree and I ate it. God said to the woman, what did you do? The woman said, It was the snake that enticed me and I ate. We'll pause here, we'll learn some Rashi's and then we'll get back to it. So again, Rashi Pasuk Zayn. Rashi says, Their eyes opened up 
לעניין החוכמה דיבר הכתוב. It's not a physical opening of their eyes. Their eyes were already opened. Most people, they run through their, their day. They keep their eyes open. They're not walking in the streets with their eyes closed. So it says, regards to the chokmah, with regards to wisdom, Dibera Katuf, the Torah is talking about. And again, not referring to specific sing. And uh, and the end of the Pasuk proves that this is all about wisdom. Because the Pasuk says, They knew that they were naked. Now, I mean, they knew they were naked. Even someone who's blind knows when he's naked. Okay, so you don't have to be able to see to know that you're naked. So what's the meaning of they knew that they were naked? That you had one mitzvah in your hands and you denuded from it. You... Um, you were they, they were naked of the one command that they had. So when they girded the aleteena, the fig leaf, it was in a way their way of rectifying, doing teshuva, as we're going to see. Rashi says aleteena, who This is the tree that they ate from. But davar shenit kalkelu, with the matter that they were mitkalkel, that they damaged themselves, they caused themselves harm, that is how they were able to rectify themselves. Chachamim want to teach us a good lesson in Musar over here, that when a person, you know, finds himself struggling with the Yetzirara or or uh, the uh, any types of sin, or Avera, it is through that lacking is how he's going to improve himself. So... Rambam is very famous for writing this. A person who is stingy, a person who, it's very difficult for him to part ways with the money. It's the money that I earned. It's the money that I worked hard for. It's what I accumulated. So it's very difficult for a person to give. So what does the Rambam say to do? How do you fix that if you're stingy? Simple. With the same matter, you got to give extra, double, triple tzedakah that you would normally give. That's how you fix yourself. So therefore, the the takana the takana came through what they were what they damaged themselves with. They damaged themselves through the tree of a, it was a fig tree. Gemara talks about different uh, different opinions on what the tree was, but based on on what Rashi Rashi seems to hold that it was a fig tree, okay. And they are correcting themselves with by covering themselves with the the leaves of the fig. But the uh, the rest of the trees prevented them from taking their leaves. Nobody else, none of the other trees were willing to part with the with their leaves. Why didn't the Gakados Baruch Hu reveal in our Torah which tree it was? We seem to assume here that it's the fig tree, right? It's, it's from the, the leaves of the fig tree that he was able to 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 be metaken the avera, but why not just say they ate from the tree, a fig tree? God does not desire to grieve His creations, so that they shouldn't He shouldn't shame it. It's because of this one, of this tree, that the whole world was stricken with death and punishment 
so on and so, so forth. So even HaKadosh Baruch Hu cares for shaming a tree. Like what do we do when we go around and you know we, we consider, it's also a good lesson for people that, uh, that uh, care less for the environment and they, they you know, whether it's uh, you know, littering, throwing things, polluting the earth, uh, doing all sorts of things that, that are not constructive for the welfare of the earth. Kadosh Baruch Hu is telling us, I'm not even mentioning the tree because I, I feel bad for its feelings. I don't want to shame the tree. A tree doesn't talk, a tree doesn't see, but nevertheless, a tree has a purpose in this world. A tree has a job. It provides nourishment for mankind. And therefore, therefore, to give it respect, and I'm not going to embarrass the tree. I'm not going to embarrass the tree. I'm not going to shame the tree and, and, and publicly announce to all the millions of readers in Chumash that it was a fig tree. Unbelievable. Midrash. Rashi calls Midrash Tachuma. Vaishme'u. Vaishme'u, they heard the voice of God. Yesh Midrashi Agadar Abim. Rashi says there are a lot of Midrashim on this. Ukvar Sidrum Rabotenu. And many of our rabbis have already spoken about them. I only came to explain to you what's pshat in the pasuk. We've mentioned this many times that according to Rashi, it's all about the pshat. And what the purpose of the agada, the purpose of these midrashim and these interesting ways of interpretation is only to come and teach us what is the proper way to understand the Pasuk in its simplest form. Uh, so he says, they heard, what did they hear? They heard the voice of God, that was traveling throughout the garden to the direction of the sun. What's Leruach To the same direction where the sun comes from, okay? So what's, uh, um, so um, it's uh, actually, it's, um, the, the, the Chachamim tell us, so not the sun comes from, sorry, the sun setting. Ba'a is the sun of setting. Vezohi ma'aravit, this is the west. The, the rabbis tell us in the Gemara that, that Adam and Chava sinned in the 10th hour of the day, all right? So two hours prior to setting. So therefore, that's where they were, that's where the voice came from. Before evening, the sun is in the west. And they were, they became spoiled on the 10th. Again, they sinned in the 10th hour. So God says, Pasuk Tet Rashi, Ayeka, where are you? Rashi says, what, God doesn't know? God doesn't know where Adam and Chava are? Of course he knew where they were. Of course. Uh, he knows where everybody is. He knows where people people could be hiding in the in the in a cave within a cave, and he knows where you are. So what are you saying? He just wanted to start a conversation, right? That's how you start. How do you start a conversation with somebody? How's it going? You really care? Well, how's it going? No, you don't really care how's it going. But it's just the start of the conversation. You want to get something from him. You want to ask him a question. But you just say, "How's it going?" to start the conversation. God's no different. Ayeka, where are you? I'm here. Okay, now you're here, and I'm going to tell you what I really want to say. So they shouldn't be frightened to respond if he punishes him um, right right away. That's really right? Rashi's explanation. What? That's really Rashi's explanation. That's really Rashi's explanation. There are other places where he says, like, like when he says the kind. 
if soon he'll say, where's your brother, right? That's also. It's the same answer. Also, I think we're going to have to get there. In that case, he knows that that question will scare him. He's asking, where's your brother? Okay, but you know, but some, someone's got to start the conversation. Uh, you know, you just killed your brother. You're guy looking around. All right, same idea here. You just committed sins of all sins. Okay, maybe no one's going to notice. No, someone's going to notice. Now, in fact, the Chachamim explained that the reason Hakadosh Baruch Hu started the conversation was he wanted Adam to admit that he sinned. He wanted him to say Hatati, I sinned. Yes, and therefore some changed the Girsa of Rashi. That it shouldn't say shelo yeni shelo He's not frightened to respond im yanishehu pitom. If he punishes him, is im yanehu pitom. If he answers him right away, so that was the thing. Look what Rashi says next. Look what Rashi says next. You asked a question, right? Vechen bekayin, right? Same thing with Kain. Amalo, God said to him, Ehevel achicha. Where is Hevel, your brother? Vechen bilam and yas bilam. Mi anashim ha'ele imach. Who are these people with you? It's all for them for God to start the conversation. The same thing with Chizkiyahu, um, the story over there. So God told them, Who told you that you're naked? See, in 2021, we know that it's embarrassing to stand outside in public naked. Although there are many people that think it is perfectly acceptable and perfectly fine. And they will go around and do it and will argue that it's my body and I can do what I want and I can do this, right? This is what they believe. This is what they believe. I can do it. Okay, okay. Most people hold, believe, I cannot, I got to walk around with clothes. Back then, in the life of mankind, the, li the world is is few hours old. How did Adam know that being... Naked, standing without clothing, is is busa, is shameful. So Hamina Aetz, Rashi says, is it Tmiya with a question? Did you eat from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? So what did he answer? Pasuk Yudbet Rashi, Asher Natata Imadi. This is the woman. It's the woman who you gave me. Right, your famous Rashi, Kan Kafar Tova. Here he was kofertov. He became an ingrate. Adam was kofertov. Uh, he should have said. So what should he have said? What should he have said? Ishti natnali. My wife gave me to eat. You said that my wife gave me to eat. And you're not blaming the. You're not putting the blame on God. You're putting okay. Yeah, blame me. I blame my wife. Not 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 much better. But you're not kofertov. You're not acting like an ingrate to God. So, of course, you should know that where does this human tendency come to being grateful? From here. Right? One of Adam's first words with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, it's your fault. <laughs> right? So when things go bad and pandemics hit us and everyone is running around like a chicken out of head, we blame God. We look at Hashem and say, hey, your fault. You're the one who did this. Rather than looking at ourselves and, 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 and trying to correct the things that we do. So in essence, this is where this is where the being ungrateful comes from. A lot of lessons to learn from that when idea. We, when do we have that Adam married Chava? Never actually says that. No, in Mary, there's only once. Here, you're, here's here's your wife. And Perurvu. Does it actually say wife or does it ever mention it in Haisha. Haisha, the woman. The woman also means a wife. Okay. 
So what did Chava say? Chava says, he, it was a snake, he shiani ba'ochel, enticed me. Deceived, Rashi's hitani, deceived me. Kemo Okay, let's go back to the Pesukim. For those joining us, welcome. Bruchim Abayim. We're in Paragimel, Pasuk Yudalag. We already started, um, but we're now in Perik, uh, Pasuk Yudalag. God says to the snake, God doesn't ask the snake any questions. He just goes straight to the punishment. Because you did this, you are cursed from all animals. And from all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall walk, travel. And dirt shall you eat, or dust shall you eat all your life. And I will place hatred I will place hatred between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring. He will crush your head. And you will bite his heel. What about woman? What was the punishment for the woman? To the woman, she said, he said, I will increase the pain during childbirth. You will suffer when giving birth to children. And you will desire your husband. And he will control you. And to man, he said, Because you heard the voice of your wife, and you ate from the tree which I commanded you not to eat. The ground, the earth will be cursed because of you. With sadness and despair you shall eat all the days of your life. Thorns, thistles will sprout for you. And you will eat the herbage of the field. Through sweat, you will eat bread until you return to the ground. For you were taken from the ground because you are made of earth and you will return to the ground, to, to earth. And Adam called his wife Chava This is where mentions that he's his, she's his wife, okay? Uh, because she was the mother of all living beings. Hashem God made for Adam and his wife a, uh, a robe of leather, and he dressed them. Okay, and that, uh, that concludes the mini parasha there. Let's go back to Rashi, Rashi Pasuki Dalid. So God tells the Nahash, Kiasita Zod, because of that, Mikan, She'en Mehapechim Bishuto Shel Mesit. Rashi here teaches us a very important um, law. We don't intercede or we don't find any merit for someone who is a Mesit. A Mesit is one who can is a person who causes a person to sin through Abu Dazara. We don't we don't try to find merit. We we're not looking for excuses here. We're not interceding on your behalf. And therefore, even though um, this is considered Abu Dazara, because what did, the, what, what, did the, what did the snake tell Chava? You eat from the tree, 
you're going to be like God. This is the trick. God doesn't want you to be like him. But I'm telling you, eat from the tree, you're going to be like him. So it's like a form of Abu Dazara. If God would have asked the snake, why did you do it? He would have answered, simple. The words of the master and the words of the student. Who are we go- who would you ra- rather listen to? Right? They heard it from me. They, and you told them one thing, I told them something else. Who should they listen to? To you, no? So why are you blaming me? Right? Why are you blaming me for? So you would have just pointed the finger back. So you didn't even ask. You didn't ask. You're going to be cursed. So Rashi says, If from the, the domesticated animals he was going to be cursed, then obviously from the wild beasts he's going to be cursed. So what's the, what's the purpose of telling me this? Unbelievable. The, the, the rabbis brought this midrash in Masechet Bechorot, the gestation period for a nahash to reproduce seven years, seven years. Um, so I want to, I want to quote you uh, the perush over here. Um, I have it in my sefer over here. It says, "Kevan ibura hatul yom." A a cat. The gestation of a cat is 52 days. And a domestic animal, domesticated animal, once a year, once every 12 months. What's it come to teach us? What's the Kavachomer? The, the snake will be cursed from the behemah from the domesticated animal, like the domesticated animal is cursed from the hayat. The cat is a wild animal. It's not a domestic, although we, uh, here the hatul is referring to like, uh, truth is, in, uh, maybe outside of America, uh, only in America are cats found in homes. But really cats are all over the place uh, outside of the world. Right? And you have the, all different leopards and you have cougars and you have lions and tigers. Uh, hatul is a hatul. Um, so the, the hayat is only 52 days. And the behemah, is 12 months. So who's worse? The behemah is worse. It can't reproduce as often. So, seven times 52 days, it's 12 months. So we see seven times. So, so the nahash is seven times more cursed than the behemah. And if the behemah, the domesticated animal, is one year, so therefore it takes seven years for the snake to reproduce. And that, that's why it says, It's really from the behemah. How is the behemah cursed? The behemah is also cursed in comparison to the hayat asadeh. Uh, great, great chidush. Agon hatelech, you will walk on your belly. Raglaim hayulo veniksetu. Here Rashi says, this snake had legs. It was walking around, but they were cut off. 
I will place hatred between you and the woman. Rashi says that the snake had intent to kill man. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted man dead by eating from his street. He wanted Adam to eat first. Then he died. And Mary Chava. And, and the only reason Chava came to speak first is because women just, I don't know, I don't say talk more, but they like to converse more. Alright? So therefore, there's going to be a specific uh, hatred placed between you and, and the woman. Yesufecha. Rashi says, which is to crush, crush your head. And you, the snake, will bite his heel. You're not going to have to be upright. You're not going to stand upright. The only thing you can do is bite his heel. Um, and even from there, um, he will die. The lashon of teshufenu is like blue in them. Shanachash balin shoch, because when a snake comes to bite, hu noshef, he's blowing. Kemin sherika, like hissing. That's the sound of the. It like, sounds like someone's blowing. Ufisha lashon nofel lashon katav lashon neshifa bishnehem. So that's why it uses that term of neshifa. Rashi tezayin, the punishment for the woman was harba harba itzevonech zetzar gidul banim. This is the tzad of raising children. Yes, there's a tzad of raising children. What happens right after this? Right after this story. What happens? It's the first story that takes place. Chava has Kain and Hevel. Very good. It's a tzad of Gidulei Banim with Kain and Hevel. And then what happens right after that? She gives birth to Shet. Shet, pregnancy, childbirth, the other, the other curse. So the, the Chava's punishment comes right after. One after the other one. She has Tzal Gidule Banim with Kain and Hevel and then the birth of Shet. Beheronech Zetzal Aibur. This is the pain of childbirth. Beetzev Teledi Banim Zetzal Aleda. Oh, the Aibur, sorry. Aibur is pregnancy. Teledi Banim Zetzal Aleda. That's actual childbirth. Beeli Shech Teshukatech. You shall, you will desire your husband. Letashmish. This is for marital relations. The woman has more desire to have marital relations than the man. The problem is, the woman doesn't have the metzach pe to demand it. She doesn't have um, the audacity to actually go and tell her husband that she desires marital relations. Rather, he will control her. So Rashi says, everything is from him. So really, a woman doesn't show the signs of wanting to be with her husband, being intimate with him. But... It's, it's, it's really her. But because she doesn't do it, so the man eventually is the one that uh, engages and, and, uh, and, and entices her to, to, uh, to, to be intimate. Teshukatech, teshukatech ta'avatech, your desire, kemo shokeka. The punishment for Adam was aruraha adama bavurecha. The land is cursed because of you. Ta'alelecha devarim arurim. Many things will be cursed from the land. Kegon zevuvim, like flies, uparoshim, mosquitoes, nemalim, or ants, 
All these things come from the ground. These are all part of the curse. All these little bugs that you have <laughs> around you, it's all part of this original sin curse. Mashal, it can be compared to a person who goes, you know, off the path and starts doing evil things. So what do the people do? They talk bad about this guy. They don't talk about him. They talk, they, they curse the breast that nursed him. Meaning, ah, it's got to be the family. Look where he comes from. Uh, this, right? That's the first thing people think about when a person goes off the path is, is the family he came from. So when a person sins, I hear you have Adam who sins. And the, the curse is coming from the ground. Where did Adam come from? Come to the ground. Right? So, as is lesson where it is. Some say, this is another explanation. According, so, meaning, meaning, uh, according to the mashal, according to the first explanation, the, the, um, the, the curse is going on Adam. Okay? And here we're saying the curse is going on the land. Okay? So, right? Because of you, the land was going to, whatever. And here we're saying, no, we're Davka cursing where you come from. So two, two different ways of looking at Rashi here. The land, when you plant seeds, you're going to get weeds. You're going to get all these thorns and thistles. Yeah, I have my, my backyard. I spend half the day digging out weeds and pulling them out from the root and then, you know, ruining the garden. They said, these things could be eaten, but they need to be, it's not automatic. You need to, you know, work with them, clean them, I don't know, cook them. And you will eat the herbage of the field. So Rashi says, what's the curse here? So what if you're eating vegetables? What's wrong? So what Rashi here is saying is that the the dardar, the thorns and thistles, are going to get mixed into the vegetables, and now which wasn't the way it's supposed to be. It was supposed to be pure. It was supposed to be even the actual seed you'd be able to eat. Everything that was supposed to come out was supposed to be perfect. He, that's what the original bracha was. We learned it. All the esef, all the everything you plant would be edible and perfect. And now because of the arura dama, now you're getting the kotzvet adat tatzmiach lach. You're going to plant kitniyot, or you're going to plant vegetables, that vegetable is going to pull out. You ever see a tomato plant? Right? Try to get a potato. You, you prick your, yourself with, uh, with with the actual stem. This is all part of the um, the curse. Bezeata pecha. We'll end soon. Bezeata pecha. Le'achashet itrach bo harbe. Because you work so hard, you're gonna sweat. Vaikraha Adam. So God. So Adam called his wife Chaba. Chazala katub le'inyano arishon. The 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 pasuk goes back to its first discussion. Vaikraha Adam shemot way back. Um, you know, in Pasuk Kav Gimel, in the previous parak, uh, Adam was calling all the animals. So it goes back to that. <laughs> the only reason why the Torah interrupted is to teach us that through Kiryat Shemot, through the calling of the names, he found Chava, and he made it with Chava. Like the Pasuk says, Because Adam couldn't find someone else to be his partner. That's when he fell asleep. And because it wrote that they were both 
naked. Samachlo parashat anachash. God inserted the parashat the nachash of the snake to teach you because he saw them naked and he saw them engaging in marital relations he had this desire for her and he engaged um, uh, with them through deceit and causing them to just do this whole balagan with the tree and that's the connection Chava where does the word name Chava come from? Nofel alashon chaya. It comes from the alashon living. Shemechayat vladotea. Because she gives life to all the offspring. She was the first. So she gave life. Kasher tomar mehovel adam bishon hoye. Last Rashi. Kotnot or vayal bishem. A robe of leather. Yesh livrea gada omrim. There are those that, um, that uh, from livrea gada, the Midrashim write, chalakim ketziporen hayu medubakim aloran. It was... Um, it was smooth, like a nail. The top of the nail, which is smooth, that was that was um, stuck to the the leather. It's something that comes from the leather. like wool, our navim of rabbit, which is soft and warm. So it's a machloket. Whether it was the actual smooth part of the leather, which is like uh, like I don't know, the outside of the baseball, a smooth, nice leather coat that you have. Or was it something that is attached to the leather, which is wool? Wool is connected to the skin of the sheep or the rabbit, and that's what he created for him. Okay, we will continue with the chumash next time, Bezat Hashem. Let us move on to our halacha. Just a minute to open it up over here. Again, for those following online, there is a link on the chat that you can access the the halachot that we're doing. If you have a Shulchan Aruch in front of you or a Mishnah Berura, we are on Siman Gimel. Halacha Yud. We are in the midst of the laws of Beta Kiseh, the laws of the bathroom. We were a little bit vivid in the last class. Things won't change today. But this, like we said in the first class, when we, when we like we said when we started this siman, you know, every there's halacha for everything. We gotta learn. We gotta learn. Okay, so siman gimel halacha yud saif yud lo yekanach beyad yamin. A person shall not wipe with his right hand. All right, that's a halacha. You do not wipe with your right hand. So let's look at Mishnah Berurah. Here says, Sif Katan Yud Zain, Beyad Yamin, Mipeneshe Kosher Batefilin al Zeroa Semali. Because you tie your tefilin on your left hand with the right hand. You use your right hand to tie the, the tefilin. So, what's the obvious question? Your left hand. Or you have the tefilin. Yeah, good. You have the tefilin on the left hand. So we're worried about the hand That's that tied. you're tying, and well, you're not worried about the... the, 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 so, well, the what's the other eye? You have two hands. Okay, I have two hands. Okay? So I, you tell me I can't tie with the, with the right. I, I can't wipe with the right, so it's got to be the left. But the left is where the tefillin goes. You do the mitzvah with your right so, hand. So the answer, the, the answer is, the answer is, the tefillin doesn't go on the hand. The tefillin goes on the arm. All right, which means the hand is actually free. Free. It's actually free. Yes, it's tied with 
with the with the uh, with the wraps, okay? But the box, this is the tefili. The box is sits on the arm, okay? We have the retsuot. We have the straps on the hand, yes, but the hand is actually, uh, the hand is free from the tefillin. Masha'enken, it's your right hand that you're using to wrap. The hand itself is using to wrap. Also, with regards to um, other things, um, um, yeah, whether or not the Chachamim asks, can I use my right hand for other not clean things, such as if I need to wipe urine, or if I need to remove feces, or killing lice, right? All these things would be permitted with the right hand. However, only when, uh, only when it comes, the only thing that's prohibited is wiping. That is what the, uh, what, what, is, what is learned over here. Okay. There are other reasons that the Gemara gives why a person cannot wipe with his right hand. Uh, for one, the Torah was given with the, with the right hand. Uh, it's funny. The, the, the Gemara also says that you give signs with the right hand. This is there's actually Gemara Masechet Brachot, the source to saying that there's to be a guy giving signs to the person who would read the Torah, just like we have a guy next to us giving signs. We give signs with which hand? With the right hand. All right. So therefore, because you give signs with the right hand, also machlok um, whether women have to be makpid in this or not. Um, do women, women don't wear tefillin, although there are, yes, there are women that, that do wear tefillin, You've probably seen them in the news, but most women, most, uh, most orthodox women don't wear, almost all orthodox women don't wear tefillin, so they don't have this issue of the right hand. So what do you do? Do they have to, do, do, are they allowed to wipe with the right hand or not? So the chida says you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. They, they could wipe with the right, right hand, but there are those that, that are more makpi. Betov li zahed, he continues, and it's also good to watch to make sure milekaneach beetzba haetz beetzba haemtsai shekorech alav haretua. Which, if now that you're wiping with your left hand, try to avoid using your middle finger, because that's the the finger that we tie the most with. Bekatvua haronim, the later sages write the iteriad a lefty. Shekol inyanav oseh bismol, where he does everything with his left hand. That was your question. Mekaneach bismol didesh shehu yemin kol adam. He wipes with his with 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 which is with his left hand, which is our right. So meaning he he wipes with his right hand. Ve'im kotev bismol if he writes with his left hand. Usar ma'asav oseh beyamin olefech, and everything else he does with the right or opposite. Ayem be beur alacha. Look in the Be'ur Alacha. So the, the, some, some want to say that you, you follow, you follow, some people, you, you know, do different actions with both hands, you know. Um, but some say that you, you follow the way you write. Right is usually, if you write with your right hand, then you would be considered a lefty, a righty. Some say uh, and lefty is a, uh, left hand is a lefty. And some say you got to do both, de- depending on if it's, uh, you know, what, what mitzvah you are fulfilling over here. Okay. Moving on to Halacha Yud Aleph. Lo yekanach beheres, a person should not wipe with pottery or clay, mishum keshafim, because we have to be worried for witchcraft. Velo ba'asabim yeveshim, as well, do not wipe with dry um, grass. Shehamekanach bedavar sheaur sholetbo, 
if you dry, if you wipe yourself with something that a fire can catch on easily, shinav hatachtonot nosrot, you can damage the lower teeth. Okay, um, so this could be either uh, uh, the, what the teeth that's referring to are is the muscles in the rectum that have the ability to, you know, pull out the feces from the body or let go of the feces that could be damaged. And anything that is sharp can can cause more harm. And as well, do not wipe with a stone that your friend used. Yes, back then, that's what they used, with stones. Doing so might lead a person to a disease of the rectum. Some say that this is hemorrhoids. Nowadays that we don't have the the bathrooms in the middle of the field. That's why we have the custom to wipe with something that a fire can that, that a, a, fi, a fire can catch onto easy, such as paper. That's what we have, toilet paper. All right, and, you know. So according and uh, and it won't damage. Go out and see what the nation is, is doing. Um, so you know, interesting. You know, uh, on a very, very simple level, I don't know. Maybe they were, um, maybe the Shulchan Aruch was worried about uh, fires, right? They had to, abundance of paper in the field. Who knows what's going to be, and um, and that you know that that could be very dangerous. But uh, nowadays, he says the, the Rama says you don't have to worry about that. Let's look at the Mishnah Berurah. So Shulchan Aruch says Loi Kanea Becheres. We're at the bottom Yudchet Sivkat and Yudbet Yudchet Becheres VaAfilu Hi Chalaka. Even if the clay it's smooth. And does not rip the flesh. If it's not smooth and it has some small sharpness to it, this becomes dangerous. Forget about, you know, unhealthy. This is dangerous to you. Because this again can, uh, uh, you know, uh, cut open some of the, the teeth down there again, or the veins or the muscles. That is dangerous. Uh, don't do not use a stone that your friend use havelo. Avalim kinachu atzmo bo o sheyavesh o shekinach mitzad acher letlanba. However, if you used it once, or the feces that were on it became dry, or you want to use the other side of the stone, letlanba. You don't have anything to worry about. Makes you feel. Grateful that we live in uh, in, uh, in the world that we live in. There was a lot of positives in the previous world, definitely, but may, this was not one of them. Um, okay, en anbasade. Nowadays that we don't that we don't go to the bathroom in the field. Mishnah Bura wants to explain what's the significance of this, um, because now we don't. If we're if, when we're in the field, we're more prone to witchcraft and, and demons and all types of things that are going out in the field in the open. You know, we're, we, we, are, we are vulnerable in the open, especially when we're by ourselves and we're secluded with no clothes. You know, there are a lot of spirits, bad, bad demons going around there. But now that we don't have that problem, so therefore, we don't, you know, we don't have to worry so much. So he says, You could have, uh, you could use cheres uh, clay, only if it's smooth. And also you could use uh, something where 
the light and the fire can catch. Um, it's possible also for other things. But a person should, when, when it comes to dry grass, he should be mahmid. He should be strict. That can cut your flesh. As it will be written later on in Siman Shinyud Bet, it's written, When a person leaves the bathroom, a person should look to make sure that there are no drops or things of leftovers. You know, things pop out, squirt all over the place. That's not good. Maybe a friend, the friend will come, you know, someone else will come and sit there and soil himself with things that were excreted from you. And that is not good. Okay. Halacha Yudbet. A person, when he, if he has to go to the bathroom at night, don't say, okay, it's nighttime. No one's looking anyways. It's dark. Remember, no electricity back then. Let's just do whatever I want. No, still has to do with sniut. I mean, the same amount that you were allowed to expose, which we learned in the first few halachot, for the same amount of, of, uh, that you were allowed to expose in the front and the back, during the day, it has to be at night. Don't reveal yourself more than you would do in the day. And also don't reveal yourself until you sit down. To HaKadosh Baruch Hu, darkness is light. And to him, there's no, he doesn't need a flashlight. He doesn't need those special uh, night vision uh, goggles that the uh, soldiers wear when they're, right? Everything is clear to him. One thing is you don't have to go far. It's nighttime. You don't have to go to a huge distance. People can't see you. People can't see you. If there's nobody around, go to the street and, 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 uh, and go to the bathroom. But actually, just make sure it's not a place where people are walking. So that people don't dirty themselves. However, there are people there, even a non-Jew, you can't um, defecate in front of him. All of this is when it comes to feces. But when it comes to urinating, you can do so even during the day, even in front of people. If you need to, where he has no other place. Okay? So, first of all, so this is an interesting Mishnabru out here. What does it mean? I, I, I go to the bathroom. Yalla, let's go run in the street. People are walking, bathroom street, to start, uh, you know, hugging me. So, most of Einstein says, he writes a Shubat, and he says, nowadays there's bathrooms everywhere. All right, so you can't just go urinate on the street. Um, you know, um, you shouldn't be urinating publicly. If a person really has no choice, so you go into a private alley. If you can't find one, so just, uh, you know, just just go somewhere uh, that is limited in terms of people because you don't want to keep it in too long because that could be dangerous. All right, Um yeah, not, not long ago, I was in a situation where I had to go to the bathroom. I had to go urinate. And, like, there was, I had Tim Hortons and McDonald's. And it was, like, really, really urgent. And McDonald's, with COVID, you know, one, one person in at a time, 
right? There was already a guy waiting outside. Okay, let me try the Tim Hortons. Uh, Tim Hortons. And uh, also occupied. Went back to McDonald's. Guy's still there. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I was actually thinking, maybe I got to go to an alley because it was that urgent. But thankfully, the second time back at Tim Hortons, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was empty. But these things, ha- these things happen. They happen. And, uh, you know, you, you say, you say oh, your yeah, a little with a bit more kavana when it comes to the... Uh, I'll show you outside. I had the exact same thing. There was, I was downtown, and like they, you weren't allowed to use the washroom. Yeah. It was closed. It's closed. There's only pickup. Only pickup. You can only pick up a yeah. coffee. What do you want people to do here? It's, yeah. Do, do we pass already? Or maybe it's coming up where it says that like, you can't, if you have to go to the like, to go urinate, you can't hold it in. It says sewer. It says it doesn't. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna get to that. We're going to get to that. I think it's coming up soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, says, even if you have to urinate in front of a woman because you can't hold it in, a person, there's a sakana, a person holds it in. A woman should not stand to urinate even in front of a, a baby. Because it's chatzifut, it's 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 just really really immoral, really bad. But if she's on the side, where she's not really in front of anybody, okay, fine. Um, now, here for the woman, just generally a person, a woman shouldn't shouldn't urinate outside. Not necessarily talking about the the position she's in while urinating. Um, I, I think women generally have to crouch or uh, or bend in order to urinate. Okay, moving back to Alakha Yudgimel. Lo Yashtin Me'umad. All right? A person should not urinate while standing. I know what you're thinking. This is what, uh, we'll see, we'll talk. Lo Yashtin Me'umad. A person should, uh, should urinate while standing. What we're worried about is the um, the squirts of urine that will shoot out and land on his feet. We're going to see why this is a problem. Unless, only way you could urinate standing, if he's standing in a tall place, because if you're high up, then you're not worried about the urine shooting back at you. Or you're urinating in soft earth that will absorb uh, the, uh, absorb the liquid. Perush karka she'ena betula. It's 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 you. It's it's land that has been worked upon. So let's look at Mishnah Berura. Mishnah Berura says um, we're worried about the uh, dripping back on your feet. Very famous Mishnah Berura over here. He says, if you if you walk around with urine on your feet, then people will assume that um, you don't have the ability to shoot out your urine, and therefore it's just dripping from you. Now, if that's the case, okay, a krut shofcha, any any man who doesn't have the ability to shoot out cannot have children. Cannot have children because man's semen has to shoot into the woman. So if it's just dripping, like his, because he has no power, same with urine, okay? So what are they going to say about his children? They're not, They're not his. 
It's crazy to think that nowadays, but this is an unbelievable chidus, right? This is what Chachamim are saying. So, so you got to make sure. Now, when, when you're when you're sitting, right? When you're sitting, I guess you're, there's the hole below you. Put in the hole, or your, your legs are, are are spread, so it, it goes further to a distance, which is not so much the case when you're standing. Okay. Nowadays we have toilets or we have urinals. Okay. And uh, and I guess the water in the toilet acts as the um, like soft the, the soft ground, I guess. Um, but this was this was a concern. So therefore, we don't urinate while standing. Last line of the Mishnah Brua. If he doesn't have these uh, these options, and he also cannot sit down, he has another piece of advice not to come through these uh, droplets. He should hold the testicles or raise the the penis so that it goes further up. And when you're doing so, do that with a matlit ava with a thick uh, a cloth, like a, a shirt or a clothes, whatever, because we don't want to um, warm up the evit. And if it happens to be that you got uh, droplets of ur- or urine on your feet, you have mitzvah to scrub them off right away so that people don't see this. <clears throat> okay, back into halakha. Let's finish the siman. The person should make sure not to hold the shaft of the penis and urinate. A person might come to release semen uh, uh, in, uh, in vain, and that is a big sin. The only way he can do it is if he's married. Once you're married, we have less of a concern that this might happen. And midat chasidut, we should we should uh, try to do it even when we are married. We should try not to uh, hold the shaft. Uh, so Mishnah uh, Brua says, "Kafe ulmata vafilu bekishui mutan matra even if a, if a man is, has the erection already, he may hold from the crown uh, downwards, means towards the end. And we're worried by holding the shaft, you will be through the touching of his, of his ever, it will come to warm up the, the penis, and come to bad thoughts, and it will come to sin. If you really want to know how bad this sin is, go look in Eben Ha'ezer, one day we'll get there, in Siman Kav Gimel. That's pretty bad. Unless he is married. Because since he has bread in his basket, meaning he's not thinking bad thoughts because he's got his wife. He's got bread in the basket. So therefore, he doesn't have a strong Yetzara. But let's say she's a Nida. Okay, so she's prohibited to him. Or she is away on vacation. Asur. In this case, it would be Asur because you don't have your bread in your basket. There in Evan Aizah writes that a married man should never touch the shaft of the penis 
unless he needs to go to the bathroom. That's the only way he can do it. But according to Midar uh, Chasidut, even when you are Nasui, you should watch this. Let's go Sivkat and Kafchet, Hanasui. Um, and he was standing in a place where he has fear that Shelo um, Yipol, that he will fall, okay? And we don't have to be machmir, I guess the situation, that uh, danger, whatever, then fine. Ted Vav. A person who is not married is able to uh, touch or hold the testicles. Because a, a person will not become aroused through touching the testicles. And there are times where, are you, where you are allowed to hold the shaft to urinate. Like using something, a thick cloth, because that will not arouse him. But through something soft, asur. Some are very strict, even with regards to a thick cloth. Because what's considered thick, what's considered thin? We don't really know the measurements. So therefore, just avoid altogether. Um, back to the Shulchan Aruch. Ted Zayin. Okay, so again, the, we only allowed a someone who is married to hold his shaft only to urinate, but not lehit hakech, um, uh, not just generally for uh, for touching or for uh, uh, rubbing is not allowed. because rubbing leads to arousal. and very easily he will come to release semen levatala. Look at the chaye adam who says that. Holding it in place through a thick cloth is fine. He talked about how it's permissible to comb the hair of, of your um, uh, of, the, of the penis area. Pubic hair. As long as you don't touch the shaft of the penis. And go see and biur uh, halacha. Last halacha in the siman. There you go. Last halacha. A person that delays himself going to the bathroom, he is over a a mitzvah the Torah of baltesaketsu of causing uh, you know teshaketsu is like um, you know evil. Like you're causing harm to yourself. So Rashi says baltesaketsu. If he delays urinating, and as well as you, sh- you shall not be uh, an akar is a man who cannot have a child. I mean, if one has, a, if a person has a small feeling that he has to go to the bathroom but he doesn't go, he could wait. Um, uh, uh, Rabbi say you can also learn and study Torah during this time. It's not a problem if you only have to go to urinate. Uh, but one who is um, one who is suffering from diarrhea and the remedy is to hold it in the doctor says okay you want uh, you want to heal your diarrhea you got to hold it in then he doesn't transgress about the shakitu but a person who um who holds back uh passing gas he does not transgress about the that also is gets pushed off for the 
honor and the respect of your fellow human beings. One who delays going to the bathroom until he finds uh, a private place, right? So uh, a person shouldn't say, oh no, uh, Rabbi said, I'm, I'm, I'm transgressing Baltashakatsu, so I need to go to the bathroom right here in front of you. No, right? You delay until you find a private place, um, and therefore it's fine. And lastly, a person should make sure that he wipes himself well. Um, any little amount of feces in that spot is very, very bad. Is uh, you know, uh, as, it, as we're going to learn in Siman Ayin Vav Sivhei, a person should try to um, to clean himself with water or even with with uh, with saliva. Rabbein Zion Shaul was uh, very famous in writing, and as well, Rav Shalom Esas was very famous in writing that toilet paper is not good. It's not good enough. He says that is not called cleaning yourself. Uh, right? All you're, you're, you're cleaning most of it, but it's not clean. So what do you got to use? Water? Well, the, you say, the olden days is those uh, bidets, right? That they just spray water up, and that's a real clean. And then use the paper. But you're, you're using water to get rid of, of the feces. Um, Chaim Kanievsky writes, he argues, he says, today's toilet paper is a lot better than the older paper. Um, it's softer, and it's, it, he says it's considered like water. It has the same status as water because it removes most of it. But I know that many of the Sephardim, Poskim, were very strict when it comes to this, especially when it comes to tefillah. Rav Shalom Esas goes to town. How can you get up to pray? The person goes to the bathroom in the morning, all right, wipes himself with paper. All he's doing is getting rid of most of it, and the rest he's smearing on the under part of his body. And he's going up to pray in front of God, and he's all dirty. How can that be? Right? So... Um, this is a machloket in uh, in the, the poskim. Bezrat Hashem. Next week we'll continue with the next siman of Dinen Netilat Thank you everybody for joining us. Wishing you a wonderful night.